You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh, the correct Jordan Harris Stadium time is 8:31 p.m. Central Daylight Time. Your digital audio devices tuned into the Orange and True podcast, harbored by collegeandmagnolia.com. Greetings and salutations, Orange and Truthers. I am Drew Croson at Son of Crow 2 on Twitter, at Son of Crow on Venmo. To one side of me via Skype, the rumor monger, Ryan Starrett, at Ryan S. Starrett. The S is for socially Super isolated. not good at 2K. Really? Yeah, no, I'm n- not my thing. I'm getting there. It's a tough game. It's to my the other second side of game me, I've played, so. <laughs> the other side of me giving you full Fort Payne ASMR. Well, really, he's also, let's see if we can't find him. Uh, Chief, Chief, can you read me? I got you, buddy. Over. Is this the Crow ah, Man? This is the Crow Man, Chief. You got me over. Um, Chief, the AU Chief is here. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about this coronavirus um, because that's the only thing that there is to talk about in the world. On this St. Patrick's Day edition of the Orange and True podcast. Oh, man. Coronavirus before me, coronavirus behind me, coronavirus in front of me. I'm butchering St. Patrick's prayer, but (laughs) (laughs) risking blasphemy at the same time. Well. Guys, saints aren't real. So, well, they are. They, he was a real guy. Well, sure, sure. <laughs> so, coronavirus. Sorry, my Catholic you... friends. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. They're, re- they're really bad in the playoffs too. Mm. Mm. Coronavirus. What do you know? <laughs> well, chief, how do you feel? Are, uh... Um, how do I feel? Um, I'm good. I think. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I'm been, I I work from home, so nothing nothing has changed for me other than my mother thought she may have been exposed, mm. and uh, she had someone at her church uh, come down with a fever, and they freaked out a little bit. And so my mom usually keeps one of our kids during the day, three days a week, and that's gone away. And I almost lost my mind today. Had to take a work call with two kids. That was fun. Let me tell wow. you. Well, at least now people might understand it. I'm yeah. in the same boat in that nothing has changed for me <laughs> from a day-to-day standpoint, <laughs> except the grocery store is more crowded, and I don't really want to go with my kid. Yeah. As a, as a stay-at-home dad right now, stay-at-home rad, I am uh, painfully becoming aware that everyone else is having a lot more fun than I am because they get to stay home from work and watch right. Netflix and play 2K. I've been thinking I'm about just that. doing the same thing all the time. <laughs> I've, been, I've been thinking about that. Everybody else is getting this like uh, scary but awesome break from, from sure. the daily grind, right? And I'm nothing has changed for me. And I, it's a real first world problem complaint. I realize, but it's just you know kind of a bummer when everybody else is like, yeah, I get to work from home. 
all that's changed for me is that a lot of my normal outings that I take my two-year-old on are unavailable to me. Yeah, like, uh, well, just because uh, it's not super safe. Yeah, I today I probably would have taken both boys to um, to the park so, sometime this morning or uh, early afternoon, uh, just give myself a little break from work and get them out of the house. But I'm, I can't take them to the park because you know I don't want to be around all those germs at the park. Oh, we're still going to the park. Oof, good luck. What cracks me up right now is like this week has been when all the pollen comes out. So anybody yeah. that has any kind of allergies looks sick. That's me. And, yeah. uh, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm did yard work this weekend, and uh, <laughs> I knew like it occurred to me when I was outside cutting some branches down uh, on Friday evening. I thought I was like, oh man, this is this is going to be the worst part of this is that all these people are going to have season their seasonal normal seasonal allergies, but it's going to freak them out because of what else is going on. Yeah, the uh, thing on the I'm plus side, about, everybody will stay away from you at the grocery store. Well, that's what I'm worried about is that I I go outside, I get the sniffles from the my car is just got an inch thick of pollen. Yeah. And then I walk into Target, and everybody thinks I'm trying to kill all the old people there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I did some grocery store runs this weekend, but I'm trying to sort of just stay stay at home now. I I went and spent like nearly four hundred dollars at the grocery store just to Ooh. keep from having to go out. Uh, that's not a humble brag. <laughs> that's a <laughs> just <laughs> just a she's got snacks. Humble yeah. brag. Chief used to have four hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Now I have uh, less than that in food since the weekend has passed and we ate a lot. But I really do think people are going to get fat. It's going to be the main probably. byproduct of this. Well, the well, gym yes is like no, the worst we're not going to eat out as much. But you're going to eat. People are just eating Cheez Its. Look, Ryan, is I, that I, worse okay. than eating McDonald's and Chick Fil A for lunch? Or? People are driving through still and being encouraged <laughs> to do so. But I, I talked to so I talked to my wife's sister. And she lives in, like, northern Virginia in kind of a really um, green granola community. And she said that their grocery store, the produce section, is just empty. People are going in there and just yeah. raiding. I said, uh, that is the opposite of our grocery store. <laughs> I went to, <laughs> oh, yeah, I went to the, public yeah. yesterday, and the produce section is full. But the section of, like, beanie weenies is completely empty. The Doritos yeah. are gone. Well, like, I got uh, – to be honest with you, those are the – they did. That's the smart things to buy, though, because they're non-perishable. Like, well, yeah, but like if you, again, the grocery stores are most. There's no. There's zero scenario in which the grocery stores are closing. Right. Right. Well, so that, you're gonna that, go be able to get apples. The, the the like farmers of America like have released a statement. They're like the food supply is fine, guys. Yeah, you, everything's yeah, fine. Yeah. In terms of like uh, that. Well, that's like buying all the bottled water. Farm. Like like these people think that the water supply is gonna go out or something like. Let the Origin True podcast be the first to calm your fears. The water supply is not going to go away. The toilet paper supply is going away because people think the toilet paper supply is going to go away. Who doesn't buy their uh, toilet paper from Amazon anyway? Oh, we buy it on uh, – we used to buy it from this thing called Grove. Yeah. It's like the same thing. It's like a box. You get yeah. a bunch of cleaning supplies. But it, it was horrible toilet paper. So now we get it at Sam's, which now, who knows? We can't. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just have an order from Prime that comes every month. That delivers my diapers, my toilet paper. That's set great. It, set it and forget it. Your, your 
for the yeah my diapers mine okay uh, okay that's how she's prepared I'm wearing one now yeah uh, uh it's a size four so it doesn't it's a little snug yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah uh, Throw it like a weed the uh <laughs> the the meat aisle was the most shocking thing to me at uh, the Publix here it was like nothing but like pork chops steaks and then trash yeah. meat like pig's feet and chicken hit or oh, neck really so, expensive like, meat like, and then the really cheap meat yeah 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 all the chicken gone all the uh ground beef stuff that's I easy to cook i hated to be the guy to a- ask the guy working in the back the i guess you'd call him a butcher uh you know that's in the window there at Publix. yeah i was like hey man uh when do you guys think you'll get any more ground beef in? He's <laughs> just exasperated. He's just like, yeah, I think tomorrow. I was like, okay. Thanks. Let me tell you, I, uh, I went to, we went and got groceries at Publix two days ago, and I got pub subs, and there was no line for pub oh, subs. D- dude, that was the thing that I, I went in there on, uh, I guess it was, yeah, it was Saturday that I was in there, and the, the deli was packed with people and really? they were like all yeah they were all up against each other like like in lines and i'm like man these people did not get the memo um, i was there like 11 45 on a weeknight or like on like friday yeah and there was nobody in line i was like this is incredible there's nobody everybody's buying toilet paper and nobody's getting i think everybody waited it, it was Publix was pretty busy the the walmart just up the street was calm they said they had toilet paper left i mean it was crazy um, uh, the rich much. folks, the rich folks are taking buying all the toilet paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think football the, season. I think the regular Walmart was out of toilet paper. So listen, imagine what this situation would have been like in a fall, in the fall, you know, oh. when we actually people need when there's a toilet paper shortage kind of every weekend. Well, also, you, you have you, the students would be here, and they would be a lot of. There would be a lot of new students as well. So mom and dad are freaking out. The kids are freaking out. This sort of hit at the perfect time for Auburn. For sure, dude. Um, yeah, it was spring break, yeah. Good point. The, I think this, and I we talked about this in the Slack. I think I think this the stores here are probably less affected because they had already put in orders expecting students to return this past Saturday, Sunday. Um and shop when they get back from spring break. So um, we probably came out better than a lot of other places. I know in Birmingham, like the <laughs> store shelves are bare in some places. And, uh, it's not so much here. Yeah, and I think like uh, like so so for those who don't know, I'm moving into Dallas or allegedly moving. I'm supposed to be moving <laughs> to Dallas in a couple of weeks. We'll see how that works out. Um, but like my brother lives in Dallas now. Dallas is banned banned all gatherings um above 40 people or 50 people and now they're saying basically you can't um eat in a restaurant you can only drive through or, or get delivery no bars nothing for the next for the next three weeks um and or no for the next week sorry for the next week but they're gonna do it a week at a time i believe denver has gone that way for eight weeks Man, um, the so CDC. For eight weeks, nobody goes to the bars in Denver. Um, drive through delivery only. 
So now's the time to start driving for, you know, Postmates. Yeah. Um, Eats Postmates. Uh, but now's not the time to be a bartender with steaks. No. So if you know uh, people who are doing that, they might need some extra cash. Well, I this this past week was the lighter part of the week and the weekend was a really bad day for local business owners in general, but but people that own restaurants and bars uh, all across the country, really. Um, but I know personally here, it, it's it's scary. Uh, you know, they can for them for the. I mean, that's their livelihood. You know. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, you know, I, I think just people I the specific person I know they'll be fine. But uh, you know, a month is is probably easy to do. After that, it starts getting pretty hard. Um, and you got to think about the the students that are their employees that yeah. aren't here. They and they live on campus. If if they live on campus, they can't come back here to work. Um, even for them to be open to you know do uber eats and stuff like that and and maybe they don't come back like because we're not gonna have school the rest of the year uh, there's i just don't see any way that happens now mm-hmm. and so then they've got to like figure out how to restaff it's it's gonna be yeah. a, a messy thing uh and, and it you can get down to the micro level like that um but it 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 reverberates the the travel in- industry too is going to be hit really hard and and you think about that and you're like oh disney they they'll be fine but you know you got to think about the uh, restaurants and businesses around that and 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 how that reverberates and hotels and, yeah. yeah and hotels specifically yeah I mean, it, so it, a lot of these restaurants and shops they, they can still get some business but nobody's traveling right now right yeah i mean so so a hotel in auburn when graduation gets canceled and when just you know sporting events are canceled and yeah when, when nobody's coming into town they're gonna have a hard time yeah it's uh i mean it's gonna be a lot of belt tightening around here yeah. <laughs> i think uh you know i i'm lucky enough uh, and the i think we're fortunate enough especially younger people there are a lot of jobs. I'll say younger college educated people are now in a lot of jobs that are able to do telework. Um, and here's my best case scenario for this is that all of a sudden everybody figures out, <laughs> figure out that telework, like that the working from home is really pretty great for most businesses. And all of a sudden traffic becomes amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That'd like, be great. Major cities are like, wait a minute. We don't actually have to have our guys get super stressed out. For an hour before they start their work day every single day as much as i love uh, auburn university I, I hope this uh exposes the scam that the uh university systems are of well you- and like like you said like what is going to happen with that like i think you can take everybody's average grade and oh, make that their final and boom pump that up like wild i like do you treat it like a traumatic event where everybody just passes does that mean well, what's going to be really interesting is uh I don't know about you guys. I don't try to figure out who's academically eligible and yeah, you know, there, there's something something's not gonna work out the way it well, should. I've uh I've started my own crusade a la Charlie Daniels. I don't know if you guys follow Charlie Daniels. He's a 
interesting follow. He's a musician uh, slash crazy person. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he tweets the same, uh, I don't know, five or six tweets every day. But my, I'm following in his footsteps and tweeting in the in the NCAA every day from here on out. It's gonna happen because uh, I hate him. I really do. Yeah. I think I think they're a corrupt, inept, awful organization that has outlived its usefulness. Um, and we'll yeah, get if it weren't for them, we could be playing the new NCAA football game during yeah. the quarantine. But yeah, eh, guess can't happen. Or um, yeah. maybe you could, you know, reward your uh, people that had a uh, you know fun tournament snatched away from them by a uh, event that no one could control or predict and uh you could have thrown him a little lifeline a little uh little pat on the head and you just decided no nah, we're not gonna do it uh it's just frustrating um they, we'll get into that later when we talk about basketball i guess a little bit but, uh, yeah i think the main thing we want people to know is that being freaked out about this thing is not the right yeah. course of action but being like smart is yeah like, i mean you definitely have to is, take it seriously it is it's, worse it's, than the flu it is it, worse than the flu and i know i've been told five thousand times <laughs> how many people die from the flu every year that is true a lot of people die from the flu every year the flu is a serious disease we also have a vaccine for the flu we yeah. don't and people ignore it anyway we do not have a vaccine for this it spreads at a much more rapid rate than the flu its death to- its death rate at, at the moment among people over the age of 65 is startlingly high for compared to the flu. Um, so really take it seriously. Don't go to the bars. Don't go. I can't say this enough. I don't think Do they're going to have a go choice. To the bars. I don't think they're going to have a choice. Uh, I think <laughs> I think it's all about to be shut down pretty pretty tight. Um, it needs to be because like the other option is we don't do anything. And it, it goes from being a health emergency to a health care emergency. Well, and, and, and the, the whole the want. whole purpose of it is is it's not even. I mean, it is thinking about hey, I'm related to some old people that could get this and die. Uh, it's uh, old people. That sounded very ageist. Older people. Uh, the uh, it, it's it's not about that really. Yeah, it's about. Uh, healthcare, our healthcare system, and and not overloading it. If if too many people get sick at once, then they have to start choosing who lives and dies, and that's not uh, not ideal. No, we don't uh, want that, and we don't want we don't want people who, let's say, the hospital beds are all full because of this, and because we didn't take it seriously, and you get in a car accident, and there's not a space for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, here's here's a PSA from from uh, my healthcare professional wife. Go get your flu shot if you haven't gotten it, because if you got if you got the flu and this at the same time, it could be very, very bad for you, even if you're a young person. And it could happen. And if you go to the hospital with this, your immune system is suppressed and you could catch a number of things. Yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. Get home a little bit closer. If you think, uh, you know, maybe, oh, I don't, I don't really know any older people. Like it's, it's just, it's whatever. Uh, who's our consensus favorite person on this podcast? Do you think? Is it a, a one head basketball coach? 
Auburn University. Sonny Smith, oh. who should be in a uh, clean room right now. <laughs> yeah, like, we should keep <laughs> certainly. And uh, and Bruce Pearl turns sixty uh, the day after you're listening to this, probably. Also, so, should be kept well, high in that demographic. High security clean room. Lahaim <laughs> Bruce Pearl. Yeah, Lahaim. Mazel tov. The life. I I think also Bill Walton, who might also be over the age of 65. Oh, he's point. definitely over the age of 65. Probably our three favorite sports personalities on this podcast. Yeah. And Stone Cold Steve Austin, who I don't think is in danger. No. He would kick coronavirus's ass. He'd kick it Happy right through 316 day, by the way. Guys. Yeah, that's where Absolutely. we're recording on 316 day. As you listen to this, it is my favorite holiday, St. Patrick's Day. So. Hello. Why is St. Pat's your favorite holiday? Well, I'm uh, I'm Irish. Got it. And you Don't hate snakes? Uh, no, I actually like snakes. But uh, nobody said St. Patrick hated snakes. No, he just didn't want them in Ireland anymore. He was friends with those snakes, my friend. Uh, <laughs> I have uh, a snake friend. I just don't necessarily want them in my neighborhood. I used to throw uh, pretty nice little St. Patrick's Day parties when I was in... Uh, in in the college so listen to the pogies uh well i was more of a drop kick and a flying guy and uh yeah so ryan uh, there was a time in the early 2000s in which irish pop punk was a real thing and it was irish what irish what now pop punk (laughs) there's that one song i know yeah, shipping from, up to Boston from the departed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, knows, yeah, everybody that. knows that one. The Boston Red Sox winning the 2004 World Series, bub. The spicy sure. haggis jig is a good one. You should you should listen to that. And the Ballad of New York. Cranberries also one of my favorites. So they're an Irish band. You yeah. too. You know that little band. Oh uh, yeah, the lovable lads from. Belfast. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dublin, I guess. They're not from Northern Ireland. They're from Ireland. Real I like uh, I like uh, Liam Neeson as well. Qui-Gon Jinn himself. You know, yeah. We could go on a tangent on... Yeah. But anyway, like, I... I in the Star Wars movies, how it seemed like he didn't have any sort of, like, emotion or, like, energy. Like, he was just kind of half asleep. That was like, that that, well, that was the the middle of his career where he before he became he was like a, a big up and comer thanks to Rob Roy, uh, circa 1993, and then he was just kind of had a middle of a career where he just kind of meandered along, and then of course Taken took him to the next level, and he's like a big star. I guess. The Wolf version. Hmm. The Wolf version of Taken. I can't remember what the name of it was called. The, what was that movie? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, out, yeah. Like, And he's punching uh, wolves in the face. Gray. <laughs> yes. The, the gray. 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 Yeah. And then there's uh, this recent one where he's like, kills someone with a Zamboni. I don't know. Whoa. Anyway, it. I think it's more of a black comedy, though. Guys, this. Uh, I think one of the things we we haven't spoken about with this coronavirus thing is how lousy it is for guys who are compete in sports that hadn't started yet oh. that have already been canceled. But ba- um, baseball baseball's really depressing. Cuz you go through all that off-season work and you don't even get to play a game. 
I mean, baseball's played. They played one conference game. Yeah. Did they play the one conference game against no, a and I don't. I don't think no. they got that one. In. No, they didn't. They didn't. Okay, so they didn't play any conference games. They went through all their offseason work of prep. Um, a whole recruiting class came in, and then none of their games counted. Really. That's that. It. That's really bad for them. And and baseball as a whole is kind of facing a a weird situation. They got to figure out of you know do they do they give them an extra year of eligibility and then they have, they have to and well, but, we, and then the rosters are going to be huge next year because you're not going to take anything away from the incoming freshmen. Auburn Auburn has and a bunch of guys though that are, are eligible that are eligible that are they're going to go like Stephen Williams. Right. Yeah, and that's the thing you, you have to give them the option. So like right. some guys won't take it. Like if we right. if they did in basketball, some guys in hoops aren't going to take it because they they're probably going to make a roster. But some guys in yeah. hoops might go. Wait a minute. Like if I'm Javon McCormick, I actually might want that extra year to give another shot. But just the thing about Javon is, is I don't think he's coming back to Auburn to play four minutes a game behind Sharif Cooper. No, but you. I don't know if he played four minutes a game or if they split at least at first. I don't know, man. <laughs> Sharif's such a good shooter as well. Could you imagine Javon at the one? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, two? I guess you could, Sharif, you could mix and match him at one and two. Yeah, you could, you could play Sharif, you could play Sharif like, you, like you did Samir. I mean, that, that, that would Javon be. can flat out dish the rock. Yeah. And towards the end of the year, we really got to see that. We're seamlessly transitioning now into basketball talk. But before we do, let's take a quick commercial break. Hey, can I say one thing? Yeah, go for it. No. You said a don't, lot of things. Don't buy, yeah, I did. Don't buy a uh, face mask and wear a face mask around. No, because unless you yourself have coronavirus. And then stay at home. The face, because the face mask is not going to keep you from getting anything. No. It's going to keep you from getting your The only face mask you should be wearing, you should be wearing a football face mask. I'm okay with that. <laughs> sure. Sure. What about a gas mask? Uh, I guess if you're smoking weed, it's a bit much. <laughs> but you might saw a guy with I'll, a gas uh, mask on at Breckenridge. Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, exactly. Um, my wife saw a guy in a full face mask, motorcycle helmet, going through Aldi today. <laughs> so, he's safe. Going great. <laughs> he's 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 staying safe, my friend. Maybe he's a uh, Mandalorian where he, he just can't take his helmet off. It's How much? How much would someone have to pay you to go eat at Golden Corral right now? Oh, boy. Well, the, the virus is not transmitted through food, but coronavirus is tied. I've only eaten at Golden Corral when someone else has paid for it well, since 2004. You, you say that, yeah. but someone could still have it on their hands and touch other things there. And the they don't have to like... I've been told is that in a lab, it lasts super long on surfaces, but in the real world, it usually doesn't because of air conditioning and various well, factors. Also, it's it's uh, they think that it will not be able to survive in warm weather. They think that 80 degrees is going to kill it. Yeah. Anything over 80 degrees, it won't survive on the surface or something. Which is <laughs> going to be interesting because then it's still going to come back around next year and not everyone's going to have gotten it. And hopefully by then we've got some sort of medicine at least. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe this is the, uh, this is the long plan for global warming. We're just, we yeah. get hot enough. We don't get sick anymore. 
So <laughs> sure. Right? No, uh, that's Thanos' plan to cull the herd so we don't loot <laughs> as much. That's when uh, that's when the ice caps stop melting and release some bacteria that's been frozen for thousands of years, and then we all die from that. Uh, I think I saw that they uh, they found some worms up in Siberia that that were supposedly a couple thousand years old that defrosted and uh, you know awesome. started moving around again. Great. Excited Great. about that. I'm excited about the man, the 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 woolly mammoths coming back. Well, this has already put a pretty big dent in uh, global warming thanks to China just shutting everything down. It, it so did. China's coming right back. Don't worry. Oh, they are. I know. But <laughs> we're back. <laughs> hey guys, still you eating bad soup. You need, us, you need <laughs> us to make the. Uh, the It'd be nice if they, you know, could build some nuclear reactors. But being communists, they probably want to shy away from that. It'd be nice if we could build some nuclear reactors. Yes, but. yes, it would, Ryan. Yes, it would. I don't know, man. You, y'all it seen kills Last me. Man? Everybody, uh, I have not seen the Last Man on. Oh, guys, especially right now in these days, these dark days, you need to be binge watching the Last Man on Earth by any means necessary. The one with Will that, Arnett, dude. That show is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. The first episode, he fills a kiddie pool up with a margarita and then puts salt all the way around it. <laughs> and then just sits in it with a, on a swimsuit on with a giant straw, thinking that he's literally the only person to ever honor. It is a hilarious I've seen, episode. I've seen some episodes of it. It's pretty good, yeah, what I've seen. But at one point, they have to leave. They think they need to leave North America because all of the nuclear reactors – have been running with nobody manning the oh, station yeah, yeah. and are about to explode. Well, yeah. that's fine if it gets to that point. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's the only way to sell, solve global warming, though. Or solve global warming. Certainly. Uh, so guys, let's go through, speak global warming, let's talk about some guys who got real hot towards the end of the year against Tennessee. Man alive. What a game. What a pro. What a professional segue. <laughs> more segue than a weird scooter. You that Tennessee game off. was super fun to watch. Super fun. Can we talk can, about the? Can we talk about the Tennessee arc? game last week? We did. Oh. Let's talk about the career arc that was Samir Dowdy. Oh, look at him! What a guy. He uh came into town. I still can't I, believe he. Go ahead. So so what I what I think about every time I see Samir now is the nerdy looking dude that was on the bench I guess three years ago now uh, during warm ups like he, he still sat on the bench and everything every game at yeah. home and he wore glasses very unassuming looking just this he just looked like a nerdy dude and I'm like oh, there's no way this guy's good <laughs> and uh, that that's what I think about every time I see him because man was I wrong and everyone he, talked about him being a scorer They're like oh this dude's a flat out killer score and then last year he really wasn't as much of a score as much as he was kind of a defensive piece yeah for that final four team and then this year all of a sudden he turns it on and he's one of the best scorers in the conference first team all sec yep he's he did something that jared harper mustafa heron bryce brown chumokiki never did austin wiley austin wiley and it was named the first team all sec Nobody since uh, Chris Porter, uh, yeah, Chris Porter and Doc Robinson has been named first all team, first and all team. FC. He deserved it. I mean, yeah, like, those guys may have deserved it too, but like, I think he deserved it. Even, even if there were only, 
even if they had only put five guys on there, I think I think he deserved it. Yeah, because see, and this he, is a guy that started his career in the A10. That's the crazy thing. But yeah, it it's not you. like he had the pedigree of being a SEC player. Uh, he he did commit to Will Wade, but no, nah, he was a Will Wade guy. Okay, that's right. That's right. That's why him, the, all the dancing he did against LSU this year was pretty pretty funny. Uh, I don't think there's bad blood between those guys, but no, I, think uh, I, I think they left at the same time. Actually, I think Samir yeah. left after Wade left. Yeah, so maybe, uh, maybe they're close. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. I hope not. But yeah. well, but yeah, Samir. Uh, little did I know, uh, nerdy looking Samir would be the smoothest player I've ever seen in Auburn jersey. Just everything smoothest about smoothest and maybe the cockiest. Everything about him is just. Just so his shot, his the way he dribbles, the way he gets the basket, that euro step, it's just just smooth. There's there's no you, you see him play and you don't think anything but smooth in my mind. He's just it's fun to watch, great player to watch. Um, and I am so very bummed we don't get to see him in an Auburn jersey anymore. You know who he reminds me of to use a football analogy is. Um, Carnell Cadillac Williams. Oh, that's a good one. It's a pretty smooth runner. Old, yeah, old Carnell. I was Samir's Darwin. coming back in about a decade, and uh, <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> Darwin Adams. Adams. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's even better. That's a good. Very good Darwin one. Adams, except Samir talked a lot more trash than you yeah. ever think Darwin. That's one thing about this whole team is that he, um, this whole team talked just an insane amount of trash, which I really loved. <laughs> Well, I, Samir talked a lot at the refs. There were a few times this year that I was like, I do not know how he's not getting a technical right now because he was just flat out yelling at a referee. Oh, yeah. Uh, he he had uh, worse moments than, than Bruce did, I think. And yeah. Bruce yeah. ended up on the receiving end of it. But. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, but but that he went from that unassuming guy to, to the leader of this team. I mean, he, he was definitely the leader of this team. And, um, yeah. Well, his mentality on the court, I mean, it it didn't matter how the night was going. He was always going 100%. He's going to take his shots. Like, uh, he, he's a guy that you always knew was going to be fighting for it, even if he wasn't playing well. Um, mm-hmm. And and even if he's not the best player in the country, that's what got him first team all SEC. Yeah. yeah. And then when he was playing well, you didn't have a chance. Yep. Well, you were and, just going to continue to eat you up. I, I said all season long, we go as Samir goes, and it, it, we that's exactly what happened. Um, I think there was one game that we lost that he scored double digits in, maybe two. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, just how it was. But a, after seeing, I, I guess in a way, I, I am glad that that Tennessee game is his last game because that, it was a complete performance from Samir. I mean, it was his best game, I think. Um, he he took it over. He blew that team out with his offensive performance and his defense. Um, and, and just being the team leader on that team. He, he set the, the pace for the team. Um, and, and set the bar high for the rest of his teammates. And, and, and so I, I guess in a way, even though I'm really sad that for him and – for us as fans, we don't get to watch him play in the, in the tournament. Uh, that that could be his last game, 
his yeah. swan his swan song. Yeah. Um, Crow, yeah. where where do you see him going from here? I mean, he, he's he's not going to be a draft pick. Uh, maybe he impresses somebody and he gets onto a, a G League roster, or is he an international guy? You think? You guys broke up a little. You're talking about Samir still? Yeah. Yeah, still talking about yeah. Samir. I'm just saying, think, where do you see him going? From yeah, here? I think Samir could play international forever. Yeah, I do too. I, I, he, I, he could maybe get a G League call. I could see that happening because he scores a lot of points. Like at the end of the day, the especially the pro leagues in the United States, there's a huge emphasis on can you put the ball in the basket, and Samir puts the ball in the basket. Um, yep. And he's efficient, and he makes free throws. So I feel like Samir has the ability to perhaps see himself find his way and maybe hopefully get a a G League spot, which then could turn into an NBA call-up eventually. Um, but if he wanted to, if he wants to go make money and play in Europe, I really think he could play in Europe for a long time because he has a, a European game. Yeah, He spaces the floor well. He uh, moves without the basketball well. He passes and cuts well. I think Great. I like Samir a lot. Great defender, too. Yeah, he um, defends the ball. He defends his position really well. Yeah. Um, I let's let's talk now about uh, Mighty Mouse himself, Javon McCormick. Crow, what, what a, did we, uh, what did we call him when we first found out he was going to commit to Auburn? Was he uh, the Ghost Man? Was the Ghost it? Man or the Invisible Man? I remember Trevon. Invisible Man, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, because when he committed to, to Auburn, and he was in that class where Auburn said that we later found out self-imposed recruiting ban. Sure. Where he was, you you couldn't find anything about him online. I mean, he, he played yeah. in a JUCO in Texas. That was a small JUCO. Didn't so, really dude, have any stats or video I'm or anything. I'm there and had never heard of it. Yeah. Like the only <laughs> and, the only thing you I could find online in, in that JUCO's division and never heard of it. The only thing you could find online about him was like his high school track numbers. That was the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. We had no idea what he was coming in on the campus. And then we, even when he got there, the first you know, maybe non-conference last year, he did not look good. Like, no, he, we were kind of all did. wondering, like, what, what is he doing here? He was definitely not ready for primetime when he first stepped on the court for Auburn. Uh, and the, the, we saw him before then, but I think he really started getting minutes in Hawaii. And that's when it was glaringly noticeable when we were playing like Duke and some of these other teams that, yeah. oh, this this guy is not ready for this. But yeah. uh, come SEC tournament time, dude was did, had done a complete 180 and was a so much better. Was a very good back. Like if we had to take Jared Harper off the floor, it sucked. But being able yeah. to put Javon on the floor in his place was so much better than what we had had going for us before. Cause even Davion Mitchell uh, was not playing when he got to play, uh, did not well, play. So this. Mitchell wasn't there that year. That, that's right. the whole reason we had to get McCormick. Cause it right. was, yeah, well, year, Mitchell just year, got left. year before is what I'm talking right, about. Okay. Okay. When, when Davion would have to would get minutes, he the drop off from Jared to Davion was mm-hmm. as bad as it was 
for Javon at the beginning of the year, but by the end of the year, Javon was, I mean, we were not, without what Javon did in the tournament, we would have been extremely worried coming into this year without Jared Harper. Javon won a game. Yes. First, the, the first, first round game of the game tournament, tournament yep. Javon won that game by himself. So, yep. so let me read off to you what he did last season uh, towards the end of the year. Well, I'll start with the Alabama game, uh, February 2nd. Two points, four points, zero, one, zero, <laughs> six, three, seven, zero, four, seven. And that's the end of the regular season. That seven points was against Tennessee at home. <laughs> Getting into the conference tournament, six points, zero points, eight, five, five in the championship game against Tennessee. And then in the NCAA tournament, he had 16 in the first round. Wow. Six against Kansas, 10 against UNC, and then two against Kentucky and six in Virginia. So he had two of his best games of the year in the NCAA tournament. Yep. And, and looked like he belonged. And, and that's a, that's a heck of a trajectory. There's a quick turnaround for that, for that guy. Cause he looked like a, a, a guy we had just taken a shot on from Juco uh, mm-hmm. that, that n- nobody else would have wanted when he first got here. And I would love it, to know the behind the scenes story of how Bruce found him. Cause like, he, he couldn't have been on anybody's radar. I got, how do you get hooked up with somebody like that? Right. I, I mean, don't it, know. Just know it. Contacts. Surely you're not going to go scout this, this Juco the, you know, the year before. Um, so I, I don't know who reached I out to, some, to the his, staff or what. His, his coach may have sent out tape. Yeah. Yeah. Or there could have been some sort of summer league that he was yeah. a part of. Uh, it, who knows? Bruce may have seen him in high school. Because yeah. Bruce keeps when these Bruce, relationships for a long time. Uh, well, no one saw him in high school was the problem. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, but yeah, he, all of that talking about how he didn't look like he belonged is is not meant as disrespect for Javon. He he, there's a lot of guys that are like that. Um, most of them have more than two years to grow into their role. Uh, and Javon had to do it very quickly, and he did it. Yeah. And he took over this year and was fine. He was a great point guard for us this year. Um, uh, you know, he, he, I think he did as well as anyone could have asked of him this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he's another guy. He won a – well, did he win – he won a – at least one game for us this year, I think. Um, the Javon, a couple. Oh, yeah. Well, he was a yeah. big part of the LSU game at the end. Yes, rained through a couple. Of right, and then he won uh, the Ole Miss away game, right? Matter of fact, one of my uh, favorite moments of the year was he, early on in the season when there was a game where he just flat out decided, "I'm going to score the next eight points." Yeah. Well, so the yeah. first conference game of the year against Mississippi State, he had 28 and four on the road. Yeah. And that. I don't know if that's the game you're thinking of or not. No, uh, I, I and didn't. I'm pretty sure he set the single game assist record for Auburn too, didn't he? Yes, this year? he did. Yes. He sixteen in one game. Yeah, it was. It was either the Arkansas or the Ole Miss game. Though it was a away game that we went to overtime, and he's the only reason we got to overtime because uh, everyone else was playing very poorly. Uh, and then all of a sudden, he just started knocking shots down. Um, but yeah. that that that. He was a great player for us the last two years. We don't, I mean, we don't make that run in the tournament without him last year. 
And so I'm just looking at his numbers from this year. It's it's kind of funny. I think he was the only player that was good. He was honestly good on the road. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll that, go backwards. At, at Tennessee, 13. At Kentucky, 13. At Georgia, Missouri, both losses, 22 and 21. Yeah. At 16 at Arkansas. I mean, he was good. Yeah. Uh, when nobody else was. <laughs> he, yeah. the, only, the only game on the road that I can think of that he was not good in is that Florida game where he, he had a lot of turnovers in that game. Um, yeah. but that nobody was good. So well, I'm when you just, say a lot, he had, had, he had three turnovers. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. I mean, the, he only had six points. The offense as a whole was, I, I want to, there was, there was some game where he had like four turnovers in the first, like three minutes and then did not have or uh, first five minutes or so and did mm-hmm. not have a single turnover the rest of the game. He at Ole Miss, he did have nine turnovers. Uh, yeah. Okay. But he, how many points did he score? 12. Okay. That's, I guess maybe it was Arkansas. I was thinking of. Anyway, Javon, great player. Um, I would I would have him back in a heartbeat if the NCAA were to uh, grant him. Uh, I, I we didn't say that for Samir, but I think that's obvious. Who wouldn't want a all SEC player of the year or or sure. team of the year player back? Um, that's probably a pipe dream. Um, NCAA is not known for doing things that are kind for people and and. To be honest, their season is over, um, and it it sucks to think about that. I know that there's an argument can be made that the tournament is the real season, but it would be hard to see them making that decision to do that. Yeah. Guys, I got breaking news. <laughs> What's that? From uh, one minute ago, according to Devin Cambridge's oh. Instagram story. Yes. Someone someone posted a potential starting lineup for Auburn men's basketball and put Sharif Cooper, Jalen Green, Devin Cambridge, Jalen Williams, and Greg Brown. And De- Devin came, commented, imagine if Isaac stays too. I don't think so. Don't tell don't so, me like that. I, I'm, oh. I'm not. <laughs> guys, since uh, about game two of this year, I have stopped believing in a world where Isaac Okoro stays at Auburn. He, he, was game two the one he won for us? I think I think it was the USA game. Yeah. Yeah. USA Mate. game is when he decided, that's it. I'm just going to do this, you idiots. Yeah. Hit the game winner. Yeah. And after post-injury, he, he was clearly not as effective offensively um, for us, uh, I think. But that's not going to affect anything. Uh, they dra- they freaking drafted Chimo Kiki with a, a blown ligament. So sure, uh, <laughs> and this draft is this draft is extremely weak. So the odds are he could be a top five pick in this draft. I mean, there is a there is a world there is a world where maybe that injury has made or all this stuff going on maybe makes him people hesitant and. Maybe he drops down lower and he thinks he can be a top five and he's being projected as top 15. Or um, his dream was just to old in March Madness. Yeah. I mean, or his dream was just to be a sophomore in college. What if yeah, that? Man. <laughs> hey, nah, I think there's now, no chance. You say that. I think especially that. with this, the odds are, especially with this, because even he knows, hey, there's no guarantees that I'll play in March Madness, even right. if my team's good enough. 
Right. So the only thing guaranteed is the paycheck that yeah. the in, that the Phoenix Suns or whoever will give me. I'm going to go no, ahead and screw the Suns. Just for the record, my dream is to be a college sophomore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've already done it. It's uh I, me too. <laughs> it was I'd my do it again. Oh, I'd do it again. Uh are we talking well, we'll talk about him last, right? We we should move on to no, other seniors. We'll, or you we'll want to talk ahead. about I Yeah, we're already here. Let's go. Okay. Ahead. All right. Well, Isaac Okoro, possibly I, the most bummed about him not playing in the Yeah. Isaac Okoro is the best Auburn player since uh, Wesley Person. Yeah, probably, so, right? Yeah. I mean, he's the best Auburn basketball player we've had since Wesley Person. He's the best Auburn basketball player we've had that Sonny Smith didn't coach. He's definitely the best that I have seen with my own eyes. Um, he did. So he he played does, in uh, 28 games this year. He played in 28 games this year. How many do you think he scored in double digits? Because we said like, he, he wasn't a great scorer. Though. Oh, I, I would uh, say almost all of them. I would say almost yeah, give me all 26, of them. 26 games. Yeah, in it, so, so 20, but let's see. 20 of 28 in double digits, but one, two, three, four of those were nine points. Uh, three of them were eight points, and one of them was seven points. What, what did he average this year? Uh, let's see. He averaged 12 and seven, 12.9 and 4.4. Okay. And what about assists? He had a lot of assists this year. Yeah. He averaged two, averaged two assists. That's pretty good. He had a game where he had five, at least five points, five rebounds, five assists, and maybe five steals. And five, which is a insane stat. He's, and he was our best defender. As a freshman, yeah. not just our best defender. Oh, there's the best. There's in the a conference. really decent case that he was best defender in the conference. As and a how freshman. quickly did we take that for granted too? I mean, it just seemed like, oh, okay, yeah, Isaac's the, the great the number one defender. Like, and whatever. we really, it really was found out that this is not a very good defensive basketball team. Yeah. And then when he wasn't does, on the does, floor, it really made that apparent. Like, hey, you know what? We actually are not good at defending. <laughs> Despite despite having good individual defenders, like Austin Wiley's a good individual defender, and uh, Mac is not a bad individual defender, and Samir is a great individual defender, but for some reason, uh, hey, nobody could guard a three. That was the problem. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think we were good defense in transition and pretty good in the paint, but nobody could really step out of the arc and we're also good uh, pressure. There. We're also good yeah. pressure defenders, and if uh, you're getting blown out, that can be hard. Uh, to so let's uh, to keep this thing from being a five-hour pod. Well, where where do we see Isaac? Uh, where do we see him getting drafted before we move top on? five? I think, I think top he's top a lock five. for a top ten. He's a lock yeah. for top ten, possibly top five. The issue is when is the draft going to take place? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's true. August. <laughs> Well, All right. And so I guess the draft order is locked into place. I mean, he... the rumors are right now, according to Mark Stein with New York Times, that the NBA might institute, um, they might start playing games in front of no fans at like G League stadiums or practice facilities, like summer league style, and scanning everyone 
Make them for, get all, all get cleared. They all have to take a temp, take their temperature before the game. Well, the thing about everyone, that is, is everyone you, you don't like, start. That's that's every, ineffective because that doesn't detect think, whether you're contagious or not. Yeah, take everybody's temperature before the game. Everyone has to have passed a coronavirus test. They can take the NBA has enough tests. Yeah, they can test every player, and uh, and make sure nobody filming the game or doing anything else has has you know tested positive. So basically. And they that might start as early as next month. I got a better idea. Allegedly. I got a better idea. Just let all the players play 2K. No, because, gee, here's what they don't – here's what they're trying to avoid. They're trying to avoid the, <coughs> the league year going like we don't right. play any games until June or May. Right, right. And then the draft is now in August. I'm just saying just play – Wait, summer league would then be in September, and then you'd have to have them show back up for training camp in October. They got there'd be no time off. So then they said the other option would be make next season not start till Christmas Day. Jesus, the first game. Well, then all you're doing is that's just going to be the new NBA year. Like this starts creating another logjam though. Well, if you do that, you do that, you. You could start it in December. It would just have to be an abbreviated year, which I think they should do anyway. They should, but they won't because that loses yeah, money. money. But yeah. this year, a lot of people think that what they're going to do is come back in April, play like seven games, and go straight to the playoffs. Like, yeah. not really. This would be the abbreviated year, but just get like yeah. everybody played seven games, boom, playoffs, get it over with. And then Maybe. we can back. Then it'd be like a month. Um, a month later. So the NBA draft would be in July. So, right. so the, the crazy thing, if you do that, how many people do you think sit out? If you know, your team's not going to make the playoffs, you're probably not playing in your home arena. Like, is, is there any incentive for yes. a good player and a bad team to play? Yeah. For seven games? Pay. Half of their, Pay. Half their contracts have incentives built into it and they're not getting like, like they want half their contracts have incentives. Like if you make a first team, all NBA, if you, uh, if your team wins X number of games, if you score X number of points, all that stuff. Plus, you know, they still want to get picked up by another team. Maybe if they mm-hmm. are on a terrible team, they're going to get cut. Anyway, right, let's move on from the NBA. Another guy who might go to the NBA is Austin Wiley. Yes. Who is the fifth all time in the history of the conference since the stat was been, had been posted on basketball. So like, so like 2013, <laughs> 2008, I believe. Oh, so okay. fifth, so it's eight. still so I'm not in knocking him. It's still block percentage. Do you know who number one is? Ryan. Block percentage? Ooh. Uh, Cousins. Went to Auburn. Anthony McLemore. Oh. I'm just kidding. Not Anthony <laughs> McLemore. But his name Corvatney Barber. His name starts with an A. Alonzo mm-hmm. Mourning. It is Asan Dixon. Oh my God. Oh my God. You're right. Number one in the number one. SEC history in career block percentage since 2008. He, how many games did he play though? <laughs> At least 50. Oh my God, that's crazy. ADT, huh? Because he had to okay. qualify for the for the stats. He played yeah. 50 games. Yeah. Well, but yeah. Austin Wiley led the team in PER. Austin Wiley just a about as steady a hand as a person could did have he, ever. Did he end up averaging? I don't know if I'd say he was a steady hand. Yeah, it's not. Bad, bad uh, analogy. Situation with the hand. Metaphor. 
everyone acts like he couldn't catch the ball. No. He has to be catching the ball quite a bit to throw up double doubles at will against there top. Are, there are a lot of tap ins involved there. Was, uh... People act like he was like dropping. He didn't. It wasn't like he averaged twelve assist, uh, twelve turnovers a game. Yeah, because he well, got fouled most of the time. Yeah, well, and turnovers go to the passer in a lot of those situations. I want you to try to catch a basketball while somebody else hits you as hard as you can, as they can in your forearm. Do I, do I get to be seven feet tall? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, they're not 5'9". <laughs> they're also 6'10". Yeah, Austin... So, uh, Austin this year, he averaged 10.6 and 9.3. Just oh, the- man. I know. That's a, that was a huge... I noticed that, too. That's a huge drag. Bummer. But hey, man, he he was great. We're gonna we're really gonna miss him. <laughs> that, yes. Oh my gosh. You talk about steady. That's what I mean by steady hand. Like you threw it into Austin. He turns it over. What was it? Three percent of the time. Otherwise, it was a a foul or points. That's it. It uh. almost had two points per shot for the whole year. And his rebounding a, was unbelievable. I don't, I don't, there is not a, a world in which he can go and start in the NBA for anybody right now. Not at this point because he can't shoot threes. But I feel like, or free throws. I feel well, like he could, he could be a bench guy. Um, sure. Because he can play defense inside and um, he can rebound, like you said. Um, and he, I mean, he can tap them in. He can, he can. Get you buckets near the near the goal, and if if a guy like that can get you six points a game and five rebounds coming off the bench, he was not an elite rebounder when he got no, involved. no, he wasn't. But he left the best rebounder in the conference. Yeah. And what and percent of the time would you say he got fouled when he had the ball? Sixty. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Was it How many times? Okay, sorry, what percent do you think they called it? Oh, sixty so percent uh, of the time, I bet. 29. So it was almost a third of the time he got the ball, he got a foul called on The end of the year really skews the, that number a bit, I yeah. think. It, it was probably more like 50% in the middle of the year this year. Like, he... he Especially in Alabama. I can, Alabama. Let me check that real quick. Alabama hacked the mess out of him. Yeah. Oh, man. But I, I'm going to miss Austin, man. I, I, he's the one, the one dude... Um, not the one dude. There's Anthony and Dangel too, but the one guy we 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 saw him as a freaking 17 year old kid out there, yeah. uh, playing uh, his first year, and and it, just to see him grow and and man go through some some stuff, man, on the way. Yeah, can imagine being a college athlete who has gone to the school that he always knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. And at the middle of your career, a large portion of that fan base actively hates your mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when she was also a great player at that school. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't because Nikki Orr is an, is an inspiration to us all. Huge fan. Okay. Um <laughs> The uh, Austin will be missed. We've got a big hole there to fill because the there's another guy as well that will not be playing the five. Yeah. Uh, 
and, and who's also been with us since he was a wee lad. And uh, he's, uh, you know, I think he's the single winningest player in Auburn basketball history. Yep, got to be. Um, as far as games where he was on the active roster. Yes. Where uh, that that he uh, was uh, available to participate in and not uh, a practice yeah. player. Because <laughs> Will McCoy and uh, Thomas Collier would share the the wins with him, but they you know they're not playing in all those games. Uh, Ryan is frozen up for me. I don't know uh, about for you, Crow. Yeah, he's frozen up for me too. Well, let's keep talking. Uh, I'm sure he had some great things to say about uh, Anthony Macklemore. <laughs> Uh, what do you have to say about Amphrey Macklemore? Well, he may not be recording us. Oh, you're right. Ryan. We're done. Ryan. Uh-oh. Well... We lost Ryan. I don't know if it was the virus or what. May have been just computer issues, <laughs> but could uh, could have been. Could have been. But let's just talk real quick about Daniel Purifoy and Anthony Macklemore. Um, yeah, Mac, Mac um, mid season had was on some draft boards. Um, I, I'm not sure he had a pretty rough year shooting the three down the stretch, and I'm not sure. Uh, oh, Ryan's back. Hey, uh, back guys. Oh. Uh, we're talking about uh, Mac and Angel on, uh, All right. and uh, talking about how Mac was on uh, some draft boards mid-season, uh, but then he had a pretty rough year shooting the three down the stretch, and I'm not sure how that may affect anything like that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's where he was going to be the most valued is if if he was shooting a three ball well, then he could be a good player, um, but without that piece I, I don't know how far he'll go in the nba i I'll, and it he had definitely worked on his ball handling this year because he did take it to the hoop a few times this year and scored yeah. and i think that was probably uh to increase his draft prospects yeah uh, when he was one of the better guys on the team at scoring near the bucket um and not just you know putting the ball back um but, you know, with the hook shot and... Yeah. I think he's definitely... I mean, he's good enough playing the G League easily, right? I think, you, I think, he'll, I think he'll get picked up by somebody for that for that reason. Or he might end up down with Horace yeah. for a little bit, too. You never know. Yeah, dude, it, it, he could tear that league up. Yeah, he would, tear, he would tear up. Uh, a yeah, a big dude that can shoot the three and... Uh, oh, my gosh. He, he could tear it up. What if him and Horace were on the same team? Uh, Tina, that. I wish they were still playing. I, this, I was really hoping that like the virus hadn't gotten to like Argentina, so, so and yeah. I would just get really into Horace's basketball team <laughs> and watch yeah, every single game. I need another team to convince my wife that I have to watch the games of. That's what I need. She's like, every game yeah. can't be the biggest game. No, you understand. This is the biggest game for this team. That was the biggest game for the other team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I think Mac will definitely go on to play somewhere. Um, and, and I'm glad. I, he's he's one of my favorite Auburn Tigers. I, I say this a lot about a lot of people. But he, he played 
way better than anybody expected uh, his sophomore year. And yeah. it was a just an awful, awful energy, injury that that really derailed him for a while, I think. And I think it uh, took all of his uh, athleticism away last year. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. if he was still just rehabbing it or if he just didn't trust it or what. Um, and so it, it just kind of set him back so far. And if he yeah. had continued on the trajectory he was on his sophomore year, he would have been one of the best players of the conference. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's a guy that's just giving it all for Auburn and, and I, I'm going to miss him. I, yeah. I miss him greatly. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wrote a dadgum song about him. Yeah. <laughs> and the main thing about cry, that, bro. that song was because of his Instagram post, where it was just like, there are a couple guys who, yeah. not every, I mean, everybody who plays for Auburn, I feel like, likes Auburn to some extent. Yeah. Why they wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But some guys, you really feel like they love Auburn, playing for Auburn or well, whatever. And I think, like, I remember Bryce last year after the Final Four, coming to the conclusion and saying, you know, I just can't believe that this is the last game yeah. I get to play for Auburn, like wearing an Auburn uniform. And well, you like, got to think about uh, Anthony too. Like th- this is the place where he, he's like started his family here, man. Like, oh, for yeah. sure. like, like it, it's, it's man, it's, it's gotta be rough. I, like I, I get a little upset myself thinking about how upset these guys have got to be right now. Like it is, it's, it's tough, man. And I know that, that like you said, Auburn has meant a lot to the guy and you can tell it from that Instagram post. Um, and it's, it's a bummer, yeah, <laughs> real bummer. But I look before we move on to, to the last guy, I guess I, I will say the thing that excites me that I've been thinking about uh, a lot today, actually, as I've set up NBA uh, 2K20 to, and am also horrible at it, to uh, to play as Auburn uh, and try to simulate a tournament, sort of, uh, is how exciting it is that we do now have guys from Auburn going to play in the pros places. You can find them. We can keep yeah. up with. You can find them. Yeah, they're not uh, they're not Kenny Gabriel where they're playing in a league that you can't really follow, like. It was wild this year that we could follow Malik in Germany, and uh, and, and a part of that is the technology now. Like teams are streaming everywhere, uh, whereas five six years ago, you probably weren't watching the Artland Dragons o- online in any way, or uh, a, a tennis. Right. Is that how you say it? I um, guess a tennis. I don't know. A tennis. But but the the fact that we are now entering a, wor- a world where Auburn players. I mean, we're going to have Auburn players in NBA 2K. We will have at least three Auburn players in NBA 2K next year, I, I feel. Um, Man, that's wild. We'll have Jared, uh, Isaac, and Chuma, at least. Yeah. Um, and that's not something you could say uh, for a long time. Uh-huh. As recent guess, as last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I guess move on to Dangel now. Yeah, it's Dangel Purefoy. Probably the most complicated career in Auburn sports history. Maybe the most the star-crossed day, career ever. Y- yeah. Is he the most cursed player ever? Um, 
because the dude is just it's one thing after another, man. Just one thing after another. And uh, and not just like he's had every kind of problem. He's had yeah, it's NCAA not the same thing. Problems. He's had injury problems. He's had global pandemic problems. Yeah, yeah. So his career starts at Auburn. Um, well, he has to go. He goes to prep school um, out of high school to improve his ACT score. Improves his ACT score. Comes to Auburn and then is told that he improved it too much. And so they're not sure if they're going to make him eligible. Make him wait nearly an entire season before ever even telling him anything. So he just has to sit out. And just so he has a red shirt his freshman year because the NCAA is the worst. Uh, Because a guy improved his ACT score. Yeah. Went to a place designed to improve his ACT score. It's not like he just stayed in school or didn't go to school for a year and... And just took it again, and all of a sudden he had suspiciously higher numbers. Like it's ridiculous. Um, he had ar- like he had already taken a semester of college classes. Like it shouldn't matter at that point. Yeah. Um, make him sit out that semester or whatever, whatever. But the whole season, uh, the whole season is really stupid. So he sits out his whole season, whole first season, and and Bruce talks him up the whole year. One of the most talented players he's ever coached. All that stuff. Then the next year he gets to play. It's part of a freshman class. Uh, he's not a true freshman, obviously, but with uh, Jared uh, Mustafa, right? Mustafa, Mustafa, and then Austin coming in right about halfway through the year. Right. Um, great. Freaking amazing class. Good lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, and. Um, you know they they improve. I even though I think their record was not that much different than the year before, right? I think they they went five hundred or so yeah. that season. Um, um, but Danjel looks good. He's he looks like a pretty good player. Yeah. This is the year he struggled with the ankle injury, though. Yes, yes. Where amazing he, free throw he was shooter, a great shooter, pretty yeah, great. Amazing free throw shooter, shot 37% from three. Made his but first. Just 20, couldn't really drive. I think he made his first 26 free throws as an Auburn Tiger. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Set a record. Um, so I've, I will always have a special heart, a place in my heart for uh, Daniel Purifoy just because of that. He's a great free throw shooter. But then the next year, he runs afoul of the NCAA again. Uh, for different reasons, but it's not just the running afoul of the NCAA. It's how he was treated. Um, he and Austin both had a year just completely snatched away from them where they were just left out in the dark. Yeah. And, and, and it felt like to me the entire time, the NCAA just wanted them both to go away. Um, just it didn't to, help that the school president probably felt the same way. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> So so we we sit them out and uh, against all odds are freaking great uh, and make the tournament. Um, but but Dangel has this uh, yet another year stolen Take away from him. him. Yeah. But on top of that, the next year he has to sit another nine games. Yeah. After sitting over thirty games the year before, he'd already sat out a year because of his ACT. 
I mean, and it's, I mean, that's that, that, that would hurt anybody's career. He's practicing. Yes. But that's not the same as playing. He, he might've practiced as much as he played at Auburn. Yeah. Oh, he might've been on the practice squad for as many games. Gotta be. Ryan's uh, voice got really low all of a sudden. Yeah. Very wide over there. Volume wise or no pitch. All of a sudden pitch. he got really <laughs> sound like you had a frog in here. Sound him. like DJ Screw from <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, Daniel uh I I mean you guys can talk about him too. Sorry. It, it just... No, I think you nailed it. I think I, you said everything I was gonna say for sure. Well we'd 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 be remiss of uh, if we went through that whole narrative and didn't talk about <laughs> the, the day he was supposed to come back against UAB last 2018, I guess. Yes, yes. And uh, things ran wild on the old Twitter sphere yeah. about well, what Angel may or may not have been, uh, you know, poking look, around at. I we love, did not I win the sex tournament was, without Angel. Oh, of course not. Ryan's weird. <laughs> Deep voice. <laughs> what is going on? It sounds like he's got an effect on it. Yes. Me. <laughs> what? I, I didn't change anything. You sound drunk. Did you? <laughs> Not only drunk, you sound, you sound like you're in slow motion. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, but yeah, Dead Gel has. It, it, all after all that, he came through pretty big in in the tournament last year. He turned it on at the exact right time last year. Knocked down a lot of key shots. Uh, we don't make it there where to the final four without him. And um, I don't think that we saw enough of that this year. Um, but again, it goes back to like the dude's 24 years old now and the, he's been through so, so much who knows what would could have been if the NCAA had not treated him the way they did. And and I'm not saying he didn't deserve to sit out sometime, maybe that whole year uh, that he set out, but the, the first year that he set out, I don't, he didn't deserve that. And, and, the nine games last year he didn't deserve. And he certainly, none of these guys deserved to miss out on this tournament. Right. And it, it's, it's a real shame. Uh, and you almost feel the worst for Dan Jill because of everything that he went through to get to this point. Um, He's another and, guy though, that I, I think <laughs> is, is still not. Yeah. Not good. Dude. No, it's oh, great. It's all, okay. Keep it's it going. great. Okay. It's actually great. It's the best thing ever. You should always have this voice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, man, I was going to have like a really heartfelt series. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. really, this is way better. <laughs> all right. So, so. You know what? Let's uh Y'all go ahead. Let's just call it. Yeah. Been so, a real, I think we said all Sorry to cut you off. Ryan. We've uh <laughs> we've said what we need to say. This this senior class, the winningest senior class in Auburn history, the most important uh, basketball group in Auburn history. I think Bruce said it best. There's like in that video that was posted today by the basketball team. Like, there's no banner that can really uh, show what this team, what this group of people have done in order of gaining respect for the Auburn athletic department and comes to basketball. Like, like well, 
this this team has these these five guys we talked about have been part of making Auburn go from historically the worst team in the conference in basketball to I don't know a top a top fifteen program in the country a top ten yeah, program th- in the country. This is this is the end of an era for Auburn. Um, last year was as well, but th- this is the the true ending of that era of the start of the Bruce Pearl project, um, into turning Auburn into something that I, I don't think anybody on this podcast thought that we would ever be. Uh, you know, six years ago. Yep. Uh, and 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 this is this is the last ones. We'll we'll never. I don't. You can't say never, but it, it it does not feel like we'll ever have a senior class that does this. Mm-hmm. That 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 you you do you've had Anthony, Dangel, and Austin all here for four years or five or six or however many Dangel's been here, but that we're all guys that came in to build something. Everybody else that's coming in now is coming in to sustain it. Um, and, and to, to get us back to where these guys got us that that's, yeah. so it is an end of an era. These guys were trying to make history, uh, in a way that nobody had before. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, hmm. The, there won't be other no one else is going to be able to make this history where you went from the worst to one of the best teams in the conference yeah all right uh well said chief we did uh ryan did mention that we do have our two uh walk-on guys to talk about uh, before we do finally sign off those guys uh contribute they've been practicing they helped make these guys better every week uh will mccoy and thomas collier uh, yeah. Brian, you want to say anything about those guys? Please. Say I'm going to get made fun of if I do. Yes. You went. You went. You went to. You went to school with them. Do what now? You oh, were in okay. school with those yeah. guys. Yeah. I was in school with a lot of these guys. Well, yeah, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was almost in school with Dangel. <laughs> Dangel is the same age as me. That's that's the weirdest I part. I know. I know. Yeah, well, you got anything to say about Will McCoy and uh, Will uh, Thomas Collier, who I uh, forever have called Guy Smiley because he was always smiling, always. I loved his attitude. Love that guy's attitude. No, Ryan, you don't have anything I, to say. I don't have anything. Very, very white. <laughs> All right. All right. I don't want to. I don't want to give them short shrift. Chopped and screwed, they Ryan. They haven't played a lot. You know, they know. They know what they've done. They've. They're. They're. Practice guys who. Get to do fun celebrations at the end of the bench and. Uh, get to experience take, things. Go to the final. Four. I yeah, think go, they're they the best. Get to go to the final four. I think they're the best part of the team, personally. <laughs> sounds like Andre the Giant. Least. That's what he sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I like those guys. I really do enjoy. I really do enjoy what the energy they bring. Um, yeah. Yep. 
And I, yes. I think, like you said, like walk-ons are, are in, an integral part of the team because, you know, basketball is a sport. You got to have five on the court. And if you don't have enough guys, you can't scrimmage. Yeah. And having walk-ons really helps get full scrimmages but, going, which really dude, helps these, the team. Those guys have tough, tough jobs tough too job. because they, they, they have to watch the film to, to get the scout on the other guys and know what those guys are going to do better than anybody because they have to be those, the other guys, the other guys on the other team. Um, and, uh, they're, they're almost coaches as well as players. And, yep. uh, and I, I'll give it up for walk-ons all day, every day, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, man, guys, I, I hope that you all, <laughs> I hope that everyone listening to this stays safe. Don't go out and, try to live your life normally this is not time to do that pay attention to what the cdc is saying pay attention to what the who is saying pay attention to what wash your, your hands state governor is saying wash your hands um yeah wash your hands right now while you're listening to this think you know what i should do actually I wash my hands look up doc mcstuffins wash your hands watch that video or it'll teach you everything you need to know what's his name uh uh one of my favorite guys on uh, the TV. I watch all of his shows. Um, the chef, Gordon Ramsay, has a video on, on Twitter where he teaches you to wash your hands, and it's terrific. Oh. Um, Doc McStuffins is a lot nicer than Gordon Ramsay, though. Yeah. She's Gordon very, Ramsay she's does very it. cheerful. The whole time you think he's going to start screaming at you, but he never does. But if you <laughs> wash your hands the way he washes his hands, you might never not have to wash them but once a day. To take the skin off? It is. <laughs> like a doctor scrubbing up for surgery? So he's up like halfway to his forearms. He's got a really good that's, lather going. Hey, that's how I want someone preparing my food to wash their hands. It's true. And that's not he how people fingers, that are preparing their food wash thumb. their hands. So he think his, twice about that. He gets his thumb and goes underneath all of his fingernails with some. Oh, yeah. That's, man. He's, he's watched the doctor. That's, yeah. that's definitely, definitely surgeons. All right, Brian guys. is afraid to talk. He is very talkative. I can made fun of. Uh, all right, uh, you stay Can't safe. Nothing else to say. Stay safe. Stay uh, stay well supplied. War Eagle. <laughs>